Welcome to the NPS MedicineWise podcast, helping health professionals stay up to date with the latest news and evidence about medicines and medical tests. Hello, I'm Steve Morris, CEO of MPS MedicineWise, and welcome to the 30th episode of our podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to focus on health literacy, and more specifically, medicines literacy in Australia, both the challenges and opportunities that exist. So look, despite significant efforts to improve health literacy over a number of years, a recently published report shines a light on Australians' health literacy. The survey findings published by the Consumer Health Forum and a report commissioned by MPS MedicineWise show a significant number of consumers need to be further supported to feel more in control of their healthcare. So to help us explore these issues further, I have two guests with me today. Deborah Lettica is a health consumer advocate based in Western Australia. Hi, Deb. Good morning. Thank you. Good to be here, Steve. And Leanne Wells, who's CEO of the Consumer Health Forum and uh, is a repeat podcaster. Welcome, Leanne. Thanks, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Look, just to provide a bit of background first, and then we'll kind of get into, I suppose, the meat of the conversation. So look, this new research has given, I think, some excellent insights into what national health organisations can be doing differently and better, and ways we can encourage health professionals to do better when it comes to providing easily understood information to consumers. So just maybe just a few numbers from the report. So this survey of more than 1,500 consumers found that about one in five consumers rarely or never felt comfortable asking their doctor, pharmacist or nurse when they needed more information. Look at about the same number, one in five, rarely or never felt comfortable asking the health professional to explain anything they didn't understand, found the information the health professional gave them always or often confusing. So some some challenges there. So look, I'll go straight to you, Deb. Obviously, the focus is on health literacy. So how would you describe um, health literacy to our audience? Um, Thanks, Steve. Um, Health literacy to me as a consumer and a carer has two points. Um, One is that I fully understand the medicines that are prescribed to me and my loved ones, why they're being prescribed and how they're going to make me feel better. Um, And is there anything I need to know about using them safely and what are the costs? And also the second point is how to find or access health services that I need, sort of how to how to connect the dots. I think the correct term is how to navigate the system. That is challenging. That is is very, very challenging. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tom. And Leanne, anything to add to that? Well, I think it's, you know, really important that we think about health literacy as a, a systemic issue and health literacy capability needs to be built both within health care organisations as well as um, among consumers because it's not a soft issue. It's actually health literacy. I mean, to pick up on Deb's points, you know, it's health literacy and, and being able to sort of understand and appraise and act on critical information that gives consumers and their carers agency to get a better health outcome, whether that's around, you know, sticking with a, a, a medication regime or... or following through on a referral or following through on a care plan. It is a systemic issue and I think it's important for clinicians to be aware of that um, and to take the time, which I know is often a challenge for many doctors, but to take the time to have those conversations. You know, the partners in care rhetoric is more than rhetoric. It it actually has to be about um, 
a care partnership. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Leanne. Look, and obviously, just building on that that um, concept of um, the systemic nature of some of these issues, the report identifies a number of gaps um, which are preventing people from accessing what could be described as the best possible healthcare. Um, can you just explain some of those gaps that are identified in the report? Well, I think the gaps are. Oh, how do, where do you start to answer that question? Well, I think the the first gap or concern um, is the variation in health literacy. The most recent report on that from, I mean, there's ABS and all sorts of statistics around this, but I think the the Mitchell Institute's report on self-care for health, um, their national policy blueprint really underscored again that 60% of Australians appear to lack um, good, what we would call or consider good health literacy, and it just becomes more profound because we, you know, among people that are that are at higher risk, so you know, those with multiple conditions, those that are taking lots of medications, those with English as a second language. So I guess a gap in our in our system is a coordinated, cohesive approach to to a health literacy strategy. And by strategy, I mean a strategy with health literacy programs and campaigns and those sorts of things. And you know, I mean, your organisation, Steve's doing some great work in that space. I mean, the Choosing Wisely initiative and the whole idea of the wise consumer is is a really um, important one. And, and and Choosing Wisely and those sorts of campaigns are what we need more of. So I think that that's the first gap that I'd really draw attention yeah. to. Excellent. And, and Deb, anything from your perspective you'd like to highlight? Um, <laughs> Leanne certainly captures, captures that very well. Um, from a, from a consumer perspective, I think, as Leanne said, um, there is a variation in health literacy and that can happen to consumers when we're not feeling well. When we're feeling well, we, we have advocacy skills and we're, we're in a place where we can make wise decisions. But when we're not feeling well, it, you're at the other end of that health literacy scale. Mm. Um, so I'd, if I could just share a little bit of my own lived experience with you all. I have Graves' disease, which I'm sure you all know about. Graves' disease is an autoimmune, autoimmune thyroid disease that causes hyperthyroidism. And if it's left untreated, it can cause um, things such as weight loss, anxiety, depression, mental and physical fatigue. My thyroid was removed a few uh, some time ago now, but since then I've taken thyroxine replacement hormones every day. As I approached menopause, my weight ballooned and this caused me a lot of stress and anxiety. And because of the challenges with my weight, I was prescribed T3 as well as T4. But the most important thing here is that, that both the hormones need to be in balance. Unfortunately, unfortunately, mine were not and I wasn't monitored correctly, which then resulted in me becoming severely hyperthyroid again, which is not a happy place to be. So I wasn't thinking straight and it took me a while to figure it out. So if I had had someone that I could talk to and understood the side effects that I was experiencing, it would have made sense and I wouldn't have ended up in a, in a crisis. So that um, opened my eyes to, to being more, more, um, more focused on understanding my health and the effects of the medicines and how to look after myself better. So I began to ask questions of my family and loved ones about their own health and care. And during these conversations, it became very clear to me that it wasn't just me. Um, I have a brother. I had a brother with a complex health conditions um, with an intellectual disability and a Croatian mother-in-law 
Um, so as, as Leanne was saying, those people who don't speak English as their first language are often fall through the gaps. I've, I've really learned the importance to understand all the medicines I'm taking, even over-the-counter ones and even nutritional products that may interact with those medicines that are, that are being prescribed to me. So it's a varying degree of health literacy depending on, on how well we are. Okay, well, thank you for those those insights, Deb. And look, Leanne, just obviously the report um, in the way it analysed some of the data segmented consumers into different groups. So can you, can you explain what those groups are and why it's important to segment consumers in terms of considerations of improvements in health literacy? Yeah, look, it's important to segment consumers because consumers aren't one big homogenous group. They, they differentiate on lots of issues. You know, they differentiate on obvious things like age and uh, disease, locality, but but also on attitudes and you know propensity to act on on health information and and they differentiate on you know having different degrees of you know, activation as well. So the three key segments that the research unearthed were you know a group of consumers who fundamentally believe in prevention and preventative health and they're they're more likely to be the most active in their own healthcare and have the highest levels of health literacy. A second segment um, were those for whom primary care is a sort of a trusted necessity and they it's pretty transactional. They get what they need from their doctor and leave and they're not particularly active and engaged in their own health and wellbeing. Um, and then a third segment, again, they were people for whom, you know, healthcare was you know, a quick fix. They're happy to take what their doctor recommends, again, not particularly engaged in, uh, you know, wanting to have discussions about medications, um, wanting to be very active in their own healthcare. They just want the pill or the referral, you know, it's sort of, again, that sort of transactional thing. Why segmentation is important is it it allows us to really target health messaging and health programs and health services. Yeah, and that's that's really important in terms of making some of those improvements we need to make. And Deb, just going back to you, obviously you talked about your own personal experience, but in terms of obviously healthcare professionals and perhaps some of your own experience, what do you think healthcare professionals could do better in terms of improving health literacy and, and enabling consumers to make good choices? Well, it's a secret ingredient. I always think of secret ingredients. Yeah. Um, for me, as um, I think consumers really need to feel safe. We've got to feel safe to be able to open up and communicate with healthcare professionals, and that doesn't always happen very well. You know, if health professionals can just take that time to listen, and by listening I mean to be to being present with the person in front of you to connect on a human level listen with empathy, kindness, compassion and understanding. And then by doing that, consumers will feel safe and it will empower us to be confident in asking questions of health professionals. But through my lived experience of my own experience and looking after my in my carer role, I've become really focused on understanding the importance of um, of forming relationships with um, my my doctors and my and my pharmacist. And as Leanne mentioned earlier, there's some tools out there that I've started to use. And choosing wisely five questions is one of them that are so powerful. And I so wish I had have learned that <laughs> many years ago. It would have certainly 
saved me a great deal of, of heartache. And um, the Choosing Wisely Five questions are simple. They're available in different languages, which would have helped with um, having a chat with mum when she was trying to understand her medicines in Croatian. It's just so important that that relationship is formed in those safe places. Um, so I, I have recently formed a relationship with my community pharmacist pharmacy now for a few years and it's really nice to walk into that community pharmacy and they greet me by name and it makes me feel welcome and safe to ask some questions and like recently I decided to take a nutritional supplement so I went into the farm at my community pharmacy and said and asked them which one they recommended and the pharmacist was showing me some products she and then she suddenly said to me hang on Deb don't you take thyroxine and I said yes I do and then she said well we better find one without iodine in it so it doesn't interact with your medicines that are being prescribed um so I was really amazed that she even remembered that but it was really nice and she actually she actually cared about me um and in my eyes those relationships like that that are formed on trust is really shared decision making in action and as we know, shared decision-making is a key enabler for quality healthcare and reducing low-value care. So I think it's about uh, consumers knowing to use the tools that are available and forming and health professionals encouraging us to um, to form a relationship with them on an ongoing basis. Yeah, no, thanks for that. That was really vital. Um, Leanne, uh, anything you want to add to that? On the issue of complementary medicines, I mean, that's an interesting one, isn't it? That sort of advice and the value of a community pharmacist who knows you is so important. Um, I think the other point I would make too, um, the big confounder in terms of health literacy and people, you know, not being, you know, enticed into using products that that are of no use to them or or have contraindications with with medications they're on is 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 a real risk um and i'm talking here you know about the need to really counter health misinformation on the internet you know and i know the ama earlier in the year called on the government to do more about improving health literacy but particularly with respect to to the you know the proliferation of things and information that are now on the internet i think we've really got to in addition to equipping and reinforcing the safety and the confidence that that patients need to have the conversation directly with um doctors and pharmacists and nurses and the like we also need to be directing people to quality websites authoritative websites because people access so much information now on social media and on yeah. websites so the more we can sort of you do practical things like you know using search engine optimization so we're driving people to things like health direct we're driving people to um, mps medicine wise consumer information we're really drawing attention to the tools that deb talks about the five questions to ask your doctor five questions to ask your pharmacist the question builder tool that can really help consumers customize questions to ask their doctor i think that whole internet and the proliferation of all that information is we've got to really help people navigate that as well yeah, look, I think that's a key component, isn't it? Lots of the things that's called on the internet, you could argue, are counter to, to improving health literacy. Mm, uh, and I think, absolutely. you know, organisations like MPS Medicine Wise and others, it's incumbent for us to provide resources that are straightforward, uh, easy to understand, to enable some of this improvement in health literacy. But also, you know, how do you get through the noise of all the other information that's on the internet? I think that's really, really critical. 
And I think, look, for organisations like uh, MPS Motorways and CHF, we're trying to develop content for consumers. Um, what do you think the insights from this particular report mean in terms of the, the work we should be focusing on, Leanne? Well, look, I think, again, to sort of take take heed from some of the points that, that Deborah's made, we don't need complicated messaging. I think just simple things like the simple five questions, they are so powerful, um, for example. And I think what we need to do is, you know, get get creative about how we get those messages out there, multimedia channels, um, you know, and, and, you know, I suppose we just, and I'm not talking about MPS and, and CHF exclusively here, I'm just talking about across the board. There's some really good creative public health campaigns that can really activate and motivate people so well. Um, so, you know, I'd like to see, you know, any health literacy programs and strategies really take us away from being too conservative in the way we you know communicate um you know public health messages and qum related messages and other health messages to people and i think we've got a window there to do that you know we've got a national draft at least national preventative health strategy that's out for consultation or was was recently out for consultation uh, a month or so ago and it had a health literacy strategy as one of eight immediate priorities. So, you know, I'd really like to see us, you know, work with all the players in government to get a health literacy strategy that that's action-oriented and has some really nice simple cut-through messages in, in key areas where we do need to, you know, activate people with the right information at the right time. Yeah, well, thank you for that, Leanne. And just obviously the report made several recommendations Um what do you think is the most challenging of all those recommendations uh, coming out from the review? Well, it's all challenging. I mean, <laughs> yeah. is is challenging, and I think the cha- the big challenge um, with health literacy, I think it can tend to get sort of brushed aside as a bit of a you know health promotion soft issue. You know, when we're talking hospitals and hospital access and some of those really hard pointy edged issues and challenges for the health system it's a bit like preventative health it just gets and the investment in it gets pushed back 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 all the time so i think our first challenge is is just getting policy and the system to realize health literacy is not a soft issue it's actually a fundamental pathway to good health care um, and we need to invest in you know some good health literacy programs Um, and involve consumers you know research segmentation research is one thing but then involving consumers in shaping those messages in designing things like the five questions and what might follow those for example is really important because that's what will get that's what that is what will carry resonance with patients yeah and just just hot off the press it was announced last night that the national medicines policy uh, will will start its review process Um, so what do you think what opportunities do you think that provides to highlighting the health issues issues we've talked about today? Well, I, I'd be, yeah, be interesting to do a word search um, on the current national medicines policy for health literacy. I don't think it's mentioned in there at the moment, not that I've studied it, you know, word for word. Yeah. But I think it is an opportunity. That policy, the preventative health strategy, it is yeah, an opportunity to get that authorising policy environment through revisions to policies like the National Medicines Policy to have health literacy and QUM and medications literacy written in there 
um, and reinforced as a priority. QUM's in there. It's the fourth pillar. Um, but I think we can strengthen that. I think that's what we should be striving for. Yeah, okay, excellent. Any thoughts from you, Deb? Yes, Leanne's just nailed it. And I just can't wait for it to be rolled out because I think through COVID, consumers are more focused now on uh, on their health. We're, we're ready to go on this journey and learn more about health prevention the only way I came to it is because through a crisis and that was just so unnecessary and I think we should be beginning, should beginning very early on in our lives to be interested in our health and well-being. Thanks, Anne. And just maybe an opportunity for both of you to give one last key message to our audience and our audience is mainly healthcare professionals. So is there, is there one last thing you'd like to say to our audience? Start with you, Deb. Just remember that it's so important to look at the person in front of you and create a safe place for them to be, to be able to engage with you. We've got to feel safe to engage. Leah? Just be open to consumers asking questions. I mean, that that's a good thing. The fact that they're engaged enough to want to ask questions and to have done some Googling uh, before a consult is not a bad thing. It means they're wanting to know. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, Deb, for your contribution to this podcast. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the chat. Thank you. Thanks again for the opportunity, Steve. Thank you. And I'll probably just sum up by saying, look, it's pretty clear that, you know, health literacy is core to us delivering more equitable health outcomes. And it's incumbent on everybody who, who interacts with consumers to do what they can uh, to contribute to improving health literacy. And uh, we look forward to, as MPS Medicine Wise, to continue to working with CHF and other partners to produce practical resources uh, for healthcare professionals in relation to medicine literacy so we can be part of improving healthcare in this way. So look, thanks for listening. For more information about the safe and wise use of medicines, visit the NPS MedicineWise website at nps.org.au.